Okay. All right, guys. Welcome to the next edition of the Crypto Risk Offer. And sorry about this. We've 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 been quite um hectic and been busy, so not been following with uh, the latest series. So do apologize. Um, as the normal disclaimer, we want to share with you our experience as a risk officer. Uh, we have uh, many years of experience in traditional finance and now we in this fintech crypto exchange and um, cryptocurrencies uh, world. So we want to bring the best practice of risk. Um, again, we want to emphasize clearly this is not financial advice. It's purely for education and hope our kind of experience and, and our opinions will add values to listeners. So here we go. So we've got a few topics uh, today in terms of what we want to share. Uh, the first topic is related to a recent kind of uh, white hacker that have um, kind of penetrated in certain ways in terms of from uh, Ethereum um kind of network but we want to give that kind of uh, a sense of the the kind of the background of this and then we can dive into so certain specific risks as well uh let uh let clive uh share some of the background and then we can discuss you know as sure. usual we uh from a kind of risk cap sure Fan thanks uh robbie for the introduction uh Actually, uh, the uh, hack mentioned by Robbie is related to uh, a, an Ethereum scaling network uh, called uh, Arbitrum. And actually, maybe I give you guys some background about this uh, network. So actually, it will help navigate the Ethereum means not because of its uh, slow speed and the costly transaction fees. So they, this kind of network, Arbitrum will rolling up a large quantity of uh, ETH transactions on a separate chain so that they can relaying them back to the Ethereum mainnet as a single transaction. So effectively, it, it would be faster for, for the uh, processing the transactions. So. It will be increasing the speed and affordability of our ETH transaction substantially, and but this arrangement will uh, also expose uh, users to uh, vulnerabilities. And the recent case that because the the white hat hacker has discovered a bug within this uh, latest upgrade for the Arbitrum that the network I mentioned, and it will call, cause a theft of uh, over 540 million US dollars worth uh, tokens if it has been uh, exploited by the bad uh, hackers in the markets. But luckily, uh, this time, uh, it, it does not happen. But of course, the white hacker uh, uh, informed the Arbitrum builder of Chain Labs earlier about this uh, uh, bug. So 
they they got a reward. Uh, the the I mean the white hacker got a reward of of around four hundred ETH. That is around five hundred forty thousand for for this uh, identifying this bug. And and this this kind of uh, arrangement usually quite common actually in the crypto space because you know the crypto industry. There are a lot. Just want of... to post that you say that um so I say that four hundred thousand ETH so that so that means we're talking about five hundred thirty four millions US dollars. Oh, so sorry. I mean, I mean, uh, the uh the reward by the uh arbitrum builder that giving to the white hacker because of oh. identifying this bug, uh, they they gave a four hundred. I mean, four hundred. If that is around uh five hundred thirty uh thousand US dollar worth based on the recent market value of if. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, was, yeah. Initially, I thought oh, I thought you talked about the book of four hundred thousand okay. if. Okay, okay. So. okay. Uh, but 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 actually, I think uh it is uh a maybe the the arbitrum builder of chain labs apply a certain percentage of the potential theft because I had mentioned the potential theft of this bug because that upgrade by the uh arbitrum is around uh, late August so based on that the potential theft may be uh 530 million so they apply a certain percentage on that so the, so that's I believe that's the reason they gave uh, around uh, 530,000 for for the white hackers for, for white hat hackers for this one and actually uh the bug here uh i, I think the the lesson learned i thought about this is that uh because it is about an upgrade late august i, I think it's very close to the uh ethereum merge that uh in in happening in mid-September. I'm not sure whether it is the main reason why Arbitrum needs this upgrade before the if merge, but I believe so because uh, if the merge of uh, if from proof of work to proof of stake is happening in mid-September, so Arbitrum needs this kind of upgrade before uh, if to upgrade that. So I think there may be some urgency uh, for Arbitrum to upgrade before that. So for this kind of uh, new upgrade or, or in financial services well, we, whenever we have some new product upgrade, I think there should be some sufficient testing by the uh, programming team or development team or some UAT to be done and work uh, completely before, before yeah. it can be think, launched. Yeah, I think yeah. you 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 touch a very uh, key point. Um, as for some of the listener may not be familiar, in terms of from the traditional banking world, whenever we put things into production, we never test in production. We normally use uh, testing environments, and these are normally called UAT. It's basically means user acceptance um, uh, testing. 
so 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 that is basically we use dummy information you know uh not accurate information uh, it's just basically fictitious information to put into the system uh we don't use live customer data to put things in, into the system so that means we are kind of testing and making sure everything's work um as this industry is evolving so much with the cyber hack and so forth so for exchanges they would need to strengthen all the capability of cybersecurity. Uh, so it's advisable uh, if there's any major changes on the network or, or system infrastructure or anything, they would, for most centralized exchange, they should have a prudent kind of penetration testing, which is basically uh, trying to hack into the system internally, or they outsource this service to uh, external party like specialist hackers they will like they call the white hackers or, or, or so forth they, they do this pen testing uh, so so basically they they kind of give um, a service for them uh, here, here's our laptop okay trying to break it we're going to give you a few things and trying to break the laptops not physically break is just trying to get into the systems and and that's a service another service they may have um, people may be familiar with bounty hunter so you put a, a reward on if you can break this or give us some direction of some of the books then you might get a reward so i guess for this one uh, i guess one of the white hackers found this kind of book it's kind of like a bounty hunter there's a reward yeah, yeah, Sorry. and and of course, uh, to 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 us individual may think that actually, the the reward to the white hacker this time is quite uh costly actually, but but of course compared with the potential fact by the uh hackers in the market, it, it may be just a very uh very uh I mean reasonable one, but I think if if they're, I mean, the uh, Arbitrum, if they have a more robust, uh, proper internal procedure, how, how to make this, what Robert mentioned, the penetration test internally, or some hire some external consultant to do, to be some white hackers to see whether there are some loopholes in the smart contracts itself. I think. The cost will be much lower than than this are uh, five hundred thousand US dollars. I, I believe so. Yeah. So I think uh, in the future, this kind of uh, uh, companies or, or projects, where when they going to launch some new product or some upgrade, with particularly related to the smart contracts or some uh, infrastructure that will be vulnerable to hackers, they, they should have more thorough uh, review before they launch it. Yeah. And also, but uh, regarding this, I, I have a question. Actually, I'm not sure whether Robbie have any idea because for this case, I know in, in the crypto sector, it's very common that there are some white hat hackers to identify some bugs and then they are rewarded so-called external bounty hunter. But sometimes I'm, I'm just curious oh, whether there are some possible, some insider or, or some 
this kind of white hat hackers will be somehow affiliated with the peoples inside this impacted organization. So I'm just wondering whether there's some uh, controls of some procedures that we can make sure that the white hat hackers are, are not insider or are not affiliated. I, I, but, but I think it will be difficult because usually this white hat hacker, for example, for, for this case, they, they, they will just have a Twitter account there. You will know, you will never know actually which person it is. I, I don't believe that the, the wallet itself related to receiving that reward will have some KYC and also uh, the Twitter, uh, we never know we actually uh, which that person's or organization for from that white hat uh, hackers are. So, so not not sure whether Robin we have any I, idea. I think from my kind of thoughts and feelings of this is normally white hackers, they will they be able to hack into the protocols, then they be able to be very cautious not to leave any marks on their privacies. So again, yeah. it's just deleting their tracks anyway. If they know how to enter the door, they should be able to be able to silently exit the door without mm. giving any trace. So it's either it's just basically the art of how how you steal things without getting caught. So mm. uh, I guess most of the white hackers, I mean, the, the recent ones that we had previously, I mean, they don't really disclose their names. They can disclose yeah. this as wallet and then and then so forth because they try to be anonymous as, as much as possible. Um, mm. Even some of the big big whales, right? it's not everyone's like Michael Saylor say that, yeah, uh, I've got so so many Bitcoin, you know, come and get mm. me, right? So okay. he, but, but he, he, he's more of, of uh, eco trying to build it. This this whole whole crypto things anyway, rather than just profiting as okay. well. So so from from uh from your view, of course for for the white hat hackers we we cannot do anything because they they are very specializing on this field. But from from the from the impacted organization like the Arbitrum for this case, internally, uh, what can we uh implement some controls okay for example make sure that uh, the staff within more close to the smart contracts or more close to the uh upgrade launches for example for, for the developers make sure that they they do not leak some uh internal information outside whether we, we need some kind of controls to be in place yeah, I think in general the controls is very simple anyway. It's any code or anything, they, they, they should be all secured anyway, um, with the access controls and making sure that whatever they do it's within within their kind of uh, privacy policies and and there should not be any um taking away any code or, you know, uh take it out or, or have any vulnerability of of kind of security issues anyway so it's quite hard anyway if, if these developers are, are working remotely or i'm not too sure because with all this covid stuff everyone's work remotely mm. there, there's just so much controls that you can have it's it's more of believing on the, the trust um i mean everyone's got iphone right 
So yeah. even how much information security, how much stuff that you say you can't download, you can't do, I can get iPhone and, and I can just take a snapshot and then, then mm. that's all my code. I can literally type in all these code, but it's taking a long, long time to type. But mm. at least you take a <laughs> take a camera, uh, uh, even in, in, in uh, banking anyway, uh, even there's a no mobile phone on the training floor for an emergency, you can't pick up the mobile phone. Uh, and you can easily pick up the mobile emergency or uh, and then just just take a quick snapshot on on your trading positions that, mm. that's still you know uh, it's just so much that you can put you can put cctv you can put surveillance tool in terms of the laptop how things you know um, those are trying to mitigate it or, or prevent it but as we all know that risk is always there it's just how strong from a culture point of view and from a kind of conduct point of view uh, for the business. And for, yeah. for all these stars of things, I think they are very quick in speed to game, but sometimes the governance, uh, oh. they need to slow down a little bit, think uh, if they do this, is it maybe a shortcut way, but there must be a better way of control. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then I, I think uh, now I, I would like to uh, mention about another case that is uh, also a hack. And actually, it is uh, related to a company called Winton Milt. Actually, it loses around uh, 160 million US dollar worth of tokens. It, it covers more than 90 different tokens. In their wow. uh, in their DeFi in their DeFi platform, uh, actually, uh, the the maybe I mentioned a bit what what actually exactly uh DeFi mean DeFi actually right. is uh, means the decentralized finance. For example, now nowadays, uh, what we call the this uh, the centralized finance. For example, the banking, the asset management mm -hmm. firm. Uh, or even Binance. Binance is a uh, what we call the CEX centralized uh, crypto exchange it is a centralized thing so right. what the decentralized finance uh is that it will be uh actually an umbrella term for a variety of applications or projects in the public blockchain space geared toward uh, disrupting the traditional finance world and of course disrupting the cex binance FTX, etc. But but of course, uh, Binance, FTX themselves, they they have also invested some other DeFi projects as well. And That's right. That's, so, yeah. actually, it's inspired by the blockchain technology. So, uh, based on this blockchain technologies, we we can have some DeFi. For example, the Uniswap, Shoeswap, and all trades are reflected on the chain. So. What yeah. we call the transaction on FTAs, Binance, you, you, you buy cryptos on Binance, uh, FTAs, we, we call it off the chain because they, they just book what the amounts tokens you have and the tokens you on Binance or FTAs, uh, the apps showing that it is not on chain because, uh, it's just like, uh, a bank is similar to a bank account. That that yeah. you use in HSBC, so so yeah, it's just it's sim similar thing. like a ledger, okay. So yeah. bookkeeping, bookkeeping kind of uh, money in and out and all that, but there's not yeah. really 
yeah. like on the on-chain, which is the blockchain itself. Yeah. yeah. And actually, for this case, the winter mill is actually, uh, as I mentioned, has been had for 160 million US dollar. And actually, this firm is one of the crypto's leading market makers. It has its DeFi business, OTC business, and also it has. Can I just uh, stop there? Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that, but uh, obviously market making. I, I just want to emphasize this. There's quite a lot of terminology of market making for listeners that they don't understand what's market making. Market making is from a traditional finance, also is similar to here. Is they are here to generate liquidity uh, for buyers and sellers and try to make that kind of uh, volume. Um, and how they kind of uh, make profits is basically how tight of the spread and so forth and taking us a fees. But it's basically readjusting the supply and demand uh, and making sure there is enough liquidity uh, for people to trade. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. And so the hackers this time target uh, windmills, DeFi operations. So is a centralized activity and over the kind to surface, I'm not affected. And actually, uh, the CEO of this firm, Wintermilt, has mentioned that the firm will be open to treating this incident as a uh, white hat attack. Because actually, uh, someone in, in the Twitter has already published that uh, 160 million, that address where it is it, it actually it placed most of the funds around 70 percent of the funds in in the curve DeFi platform at, at this moment so uh so the ceo offered that they they open to cheating is as incident as a white hat attack so that means similar to the previous case we just mentioned yeah. it will give some reward to to the hackers so it, even if it may be a uh, will hacker, but if it uh, willing to return uh, most of the funds, it can get a reward for that. And actually, there are some comments from from other uh, uh, chief information security officer Poly from Polygons that mm. uh, is a multi sculptor. Actually, he he has an idea that actually uh, he think that. This hack was because uh, likely that there was a hot wallet compromise at uh, Wintermilt some some time ago that mentioned, but it was somehow properly disclosed that uh, bug, so which attracted some hackers to target the firm. So yeah, I, so... I think yeah. Yeah, what we yeah, so 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 I just want to um, not going go for the basic, but just just in case certain people don't understand, uh, in the crypto world, there's a uh, two terminologies of hot wallets and cold wallets. Hot wallets in in this sense is means uh, everything's is is online, uh, and cold wallets it means things is offline. So that means in order to hack your cold wallet is literally virtually impossible unless you reconnect back to the online. Online, it, there's always vulnerability. No matter you got VPN, you got um, 
virus protector or certain stuff. So there's always a risk if you put things online. It's just uh, literally you open, right? If you're close, like a, a cold wallet, then then it's kind of you put them to sleep anyway in that sense. So it's more secure. Yeah. So I believe that a hot wallet compromise this here mentioned is about the winter mode is own DeFi platform. It may have some uh, hot wallet that have some bug there. So it mm. was uh, subject to the hackers to uh, steal the tokens. And of course, this time Wintermill mentioned that oh, even it lost 160 million worth tokens, it is still sovereign, huh? so much money. Yeah? And so uh, you, you can see how this kind of uh, centralized uh, crypto firm or DeFi firm, how, how much money they make from, from the uh, trading fees, something like that. And actually, the the, the platform uh, mentioned that they, they, they are willing to pay the, the hacker 10% of the looted funds if the money is refunded. So my question for this case, actually, I, I think uh, I, I'm just thinking whether whenever there are some bugs identified internally for, for a firm or for, for some projects, yeah. will, will it be wise to make it so transparent in the market? Even that at that time it is not fixed. I think in in some previous podcasts we we um I can't I can't recall which podcast we have. I, I did mention a case that I personally encountered, uh, because I I'm personally involved in the IBC, uh, mm. chain that uh for a token called you know not 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 finance not investment advice that that Juno token I remember there was a case that oh the developer identified a bug there so they mm. published somewhere in the governance asking uh uh the the users to approve that proposal something like that and that uh aroused some hackers to note that bug and then some hackers want to uh do something on on the network on Juno and the developers noted that and then they they uh halted the blockchain you know and, and suspend mm. for for a few days so at that time i think in the podcast i mentioned that oh there's there really a need to be so transparent that to attract uh hackers yeah, so so for this for... case i'm thinking similar yeah sure i i think that's a good question i i guess for most of the coding stuff is now all open source so they can extract code and collaborate but if they do find bugs i guess they want to share it but yeah i think depending how sensitive those codes are but if it's open source everyone should be able to to you know handle that and and to try and fix things anyway but i guess back to the key things there's always you know the dark side for anything uh mm. so yeah it, it, it's hard to 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 not to share uh if you know crypto world everyone is quite easy and transparent and very down to of sharing things i mean if they find anything they the first thing you probably notice is probably they tweet something mm. <laughs> that's that's quicker than than your cnbc news or, or whatever news that you watch anyway that's for sure yeah yeah I think sometimes it 
maybe the the crypto sectors uh, participants or, or I mean the developers the the key leaders within each project or each uh, crypto related firms need to decide that whether there was some trade off to be done between transparency of some bug or and and whether the how how to protect the customers how how to protect the uh, digital assets of, of that firm or, or or the platform i think that there should be some uh balance to 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 be strike yeah yeah i think to wrap up for for the show i want to make sure that uh the key takeaway is uh do enough uh penetration testing as much as possible if you are like uh exchange or or obviously understanding the risk from from your firm or or the firm that you work with um penetration testing it could be in in house or external external obviously is good that you can outsource to another third party to make sure they do enough and that should be done regularly to to ensure that's bulletproof or you can put on bounty bounty um hunting so so basically you give a reward whoever can find there's a, a cold crack within your systems so so those are the key stuff from a cyber security control but for information risk security of privacy that's another whole topic which we probably will go through uh, next time uh, I guess that's yeah. from my side uh, Beth yeah. you got anything from yours? Uh, I, I think I, I I have no further to add uh, yeah. your, your, your summary uh, of this show is very uh, very accurate and comprehensive yeah Okay, great. Uh, thank you once again um, for listening. I hope this has been useful and uh, added value. We will continue to share uh, the wider scope what we find and from our kind of traditional finance and how we give our opinions to hopefully to share with uh, the audience. Thank you again. Thanks. Thank Cheer. you. Bye-bye.